Hi, welcome to episode 8 of the Space for Dallas podcast. This is Dallas. Oh my god, you know, the funny thing is I was trying to get this mic to work and I have to run the uh, Windows Auto Troubleshooter. And uh, surprisingly, it actually uh, fixes my problem. I don't know why, but for some reason, my mic is always on mute for some reason. It always has to unmute it. I don't know. It's never... Where's the, you know, it's not, I d never mute this thing, you know, I just, it's a USB mic, I just plug it in, I should be ready to go as soon as I plug it in, you know, I don't know what the problem is. I'm sure you guys like that sound, that's a crisp sound, you know, it's actually, it's not a bad sound to hear, the sound of a can opening up, it's a nice sort of click, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's crisp, it's clean, you know, it's not that bad, all right. Oh man! Oh my God, guys! I uh, I finally got uh, back. Uh, I know I'm a day late with this podcast. My huge five person audience is waiting for it. Uh, but I finally, dude, I got I finally got back on stage tonight. I uh, am not going to tell you guys where, <laughs> but uh, dude, I was finally able to go on stage and just riff some new stuff for about it must have been ten or fifteen minutes. And, uh, dude, the thing is, is, man, when I get on stage, I always get so nervous, you know, if I'm not hitting it, if I'm not doing the beats right, you know, it's, it's like, if I'm not getting the laughs, you know, I just kind of jump to the punchline quick, which is nice, you know, but I really want to take my time and sort of build out the material, really run with the, uh, idea. And, uh, I just get too nervous and I run through it too quickly. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's not. But man, I really, I really need to learn to sort of sit and be comfortable and just sort of run through all the bits of my idea. Otherwise, what happens is I'm kind of, you know, manic. I'm kind of, you know, moving around a little too much. Maybe it's engaging at first. Maybe it goes pretty well. But then I start, uh, you know, I run through the bit, but then I forget stuff. And then I have to go back to it later on in the set. And granted, it's just an open mic. You know, I'm just working stuff out. It's not a big deal. Who cares, really? But, you know, it's like I want to... I want to present, you know, present it well, right? And I want to present it in its whole sort of full-figured image. And, uh, you know, right now I'm just doing little, like, bits and pieces of it. I finally was able to run my Sistine Ch Chapel joke, which uh, I'm glad. I'm glad I could sort of hold uh, larger, more abstract ideas now. I, I sort of know how to present them better. And uh, I think they're pretty original, you know. I think they're pretty uh, unique. So I'm, I'm pretty glad that I'm able to sort of create that. Man, I missed my, uh, God, I missed a dental cleaning today. I, uh, I had a meeting this morning at work, and I missed a dental cleaning at 7, so I'm going in on Monday. I'm sure you all thought that was uh, very important for you, uh, you to hear. Uh, oh, I didn't talk about this last time. Man, I was listening to uh, the WTF podcast with Mark Marin, and he finally talks to Jerry Seinfeld. And let me tell you, that is an enlightening podcast about uh, comedy and, uh, you know, the different styles of comedy and uh, sort of how uh, a little bit of, you know, there hasn't really been a Jerry Seinfeld interview like it before. And I sort of found it enlightening into the character of Jerry. And he even talks about, man, you know, if I was coming up in comedy today, you know, would I even have the style I have? I don't know. You know, I, I don't, I don't know what it'd be like, you know, which is sort of interesting. He sort of realizes, you know, he's a product of his time and, you know, he's always going to keep doing stand up and always keep creating things. But, you know, he realizes, ah, you know, the environment I was in and 
sort of what uh you know what I fell in love with. You know, it's really not you know that that's an old school uh you know kind of comedy that that's not really good to uh, current these days. You know, it was a little more formal back then with the suits. Nowadays, a little more informal. You know, maybe you wear something nice, but you know you don't need a full on tuxedo anymore. And uh, you know, people these days they create so much. I mean, you create like a new hour every year or two. And, uh, you know, some people can do it and, you know, I'm, I'm, they're great hours, but he's like, you know, man, I really, I took, uh, what is it? He said he took like 20 years to develop like two and a half hours of material. And this, uh, this, uh, his latest Netflix special, uh, I can't remember the name of it. 23 hours to kill. That's the name of it. It's apparently his uh, best hour. And, uh, the thing is, I don't know. Some people like Jerry, some people don't. I watched the whole special. I, uh, the first 30 minutes is a sort of, uh, you know, bits about, uh, you know, Pop-Tarts, stuff like that. And then the last 30 minutes is about him and his family. Sort of a nice even split there. I uh, I kind of like that. It's sort of, it feels like kind of two half hours put together almost. Which, uh, you know, which is, you know, maybe that's the way to do it. You know, make strong half hour about this, then another half hour about that. You know, he talks about the family, but he doesn't really reveal a lot about himself, you know. It's, uh, man, it's funny. I think I saw a podcast where some, uh, they talked about Jerry Seinfeld. He, about, uh, how, uh, you know, in high school he wasn't interested in, you know, parties or girl, not girl, like, uh, he, he just wanted to go home and watch TV, which I find like, really? You just want to go home, watch Batman? He's like, yeah, there was a lot of, you know, drama, a lot of complexity and sort of navigating that whole sort of realm. And, you know, I, uh, you know, I don't need that. You know, I can just go home, watch some TV, just kind of hang. And that's okay. I mean, that's, that seems a little strange to me, but I guess you have to be a little bit strange to, uh, you know, even do stand up. God, my, uh, my first set back in, in, uh, in months, Man, just to be able to actually run some time. There was nobody there, maybe four people at most. And then one guy got, maybe he drank a little bit. He just got angry, kind of left. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but, man, it's, you know, I don't want to, you know, just run through my material. But, uh, man, I've been doing, there was this one bit I wish I did a little bit better. My Legoland bit about uh, Legoland and, uh, you know, gold miners gold wash gold miners pan wash i i don't know a, a better name for it they're they're at, at amusement parks you know they have these sort of gold mining i've talked about it before but they have the, the the gold mining you know exhibit for like the little kids and stuff and i got a i i looked up legoland's like the gold mining thing and it's like pirate's cove but it it's doesn't you know pirate's cove could be anything you know it could be a roller coaster right like you know no one thinks of the the gold mining so saying gold miners pan wash that sort of puts the idea better in your head gold miners pan wash i'm gonna have to write that down uh yeah i uh man i should have been up on that stage a little longer you know muhammad uh you know muhammad gay great comedian fantastic guy uh, follow him on his instagram muhammad.gay and uh you know he uh he sort of goes up in between us, sort of riffs, talks some more, builds additional stage time. That's actually a great way to sort of, uh, you know, get back onto the stage and do a lot of time without having to do it all at once. You know, you can go up after somebody, talk a little bit, talk to the crowd, 
you know, uh, run through a couple jokes maybe you didn't think of the first time. That's a great way to sort of jump back into it. You know, I'm, I man, I know for sure, you know, once Muhammad hits, man, he's going to explode. He's going to be the next big thing. I, uh, yeah, I got to see about uh, starting an open mic of my own, too. You know, especially something, you know, here in Bothell would be fun. It would be nice, at least, you know. I, uh, you know, there's going to be so many few open mics, you know, around uh, Washington, with everything sort of closing down, you know, bar mics are going to be the next big thing. And just to be able to run a show, you know, that sort of already kind of bumps you up a little bit higher in everybody's eyes. So I definitely, uh, yeah, need to do something like that. I, uh, man, what else has been going on? I've been reading, you know, I'm continually reading that book, The Carnivore Diet by Sean Baker. Still fascinating, still uh, sort of amazing, the... Uh, in nutrition, how we've made, you know, so many uh, claims with actually very little evidence, but, you know, the it sticks around for so long, you just sort of take it as gospel truth, you know, like the prophets, you know, they heard the, the word and they passed it on. That scratching noise you hear is me eating out of a bowl with a fork. As you can tell, this is a very professional show. This is real, man. High production value. <laughs> real, bro. God, just another word for low production value. This is real. This is gritty. You know, this is off the cuff, bro. You're not going to get it more raw than this. Oh, you mean uh, anything more uh, cheaper and unprofessional? That's all I hear. Speaking of which, you know, I... Uh, I've been trying to do this bit for a while about people who say they're fake. They don't like fake people. I don't like fake people. You know, they're nice to me when they see me, but behind my back, they tell everyone they don't like me. You know, but whenever I talk to them in person, they say, oh, hi, how's it going? How's your day? That's great. That's good to hear. And I'm just like, oh, you mean people who are polite and kind to you when uh, anyway, despite the fact that they don't like you? Is that is that is that what you mean by fake? You mean someone who's just kind of nice to you when you see them and just sort of lets people know, hey, listen, I, you know, I'm not best friends with this guy. I don't really like this guy. And if you want my honest opinion of him, I'll give it to you. But, oh, when I meet this guy, I still treat him with the uh, human dignity and respect a person deserves. Really? That's uh, that's now fake? Really? We're uh, considering just, uh, I guess, basic uh, human decency. You know, no one seems to... Uh, understand you can still sort of respect someone still treat someone well and you know work with them despite the fact that you know what not a big fan of this guy not going to be my best friend we're not going to hang out you know we're just gonna we both sort of exist here in this space to get a job done and we can do it cordially without you know we don't not you know not everyone needs to be your best friend there's a lot of people who have told me you know what Dallas we talked at one point or we hung out at one point and you know what, I wish you the best of luck, but you know, I'm not really going to make the effort to hang out with you. And you know what? I'm fine with that. If they, you know, a lot of people have told me that you know, and it's cool, I delete the number, I unfriend them on the Facebook, you know, I'm not really going to follow them on social media. I'll give them the space they want. I'm not going to, you know, try to stalk them. And, um, you know, uh, like I'm all right, if that's how you feel, I'm out, you know, just tell me and I'm out, I'm out. You know, I'm not going to try to, you know, win people back. You know, that's that's a lesson I've, I've sort of learned recently. You know, there's so many people in the world, you know, it's obvious not everyone's going to like you, but 
you try to make everyone like you. And now I'm now I'm realizing, you know what, I'm kind of cool with not everybody liking me because guess what? There's people I don't like. And I don't want those people to like me. Why not? No, no, no. That's not, you know, that's not my audience. That's not my group. That's not, you know, who I hang out with. I don't, if I'm not friends with these guys, if these guys don't like me, I, I'm actually cool with that. I can live with that. You know, not everyone needs to like me. I don't need to like everybody. And we can all still be uh, cordial and polite to each other. Or as I guess other people would call it fake. God, I, the, the, the loose definition around fake you know, and the negative connotation it carries. It's so, it, it, it's so somewhat ambiguous yet specific at the same time. You know, it's just one of those things. It's like, uh, oh, you know, this guy's fake. Oh, you know, how's he fake? Well, you know, he asked someone else what they thought of me behind my back. I was like, oh, really? Maybe they were just curious what that person thought of you. He's like, no, he's fake. He's trying to, you know, destroy me. What, what the? F no, he's. Not. You can't say that. You you don't know that. Maybe he just was. Maybe he was just kind of gauging, you know, other people what they were thinking. You know, maybe he's like, uh, you know, maybe there's a part of your character that he doesn't like. That maybe you know, hey, do you like that part of Austin when he does the? You know, when he sticks his fingers really deep into his ears, I feel like that's a problem. <laughs> Man, that's a, what a chain of, uh, chain of subconscious thought that was coming out of me. God, you know, it feels, you know, getting back on the stage, man, it's just, you know, even though it was rusty, even though there was cobwebs, you know, just be able to shake them off and just be on there and to move around. That's another thing I got to improve on in my standup. I got to be able to figure out how to move, how to walk, how to talk, you know, and just how to be comfortable with the silence, even if I perceive I'm bombing. You know, I can see some people are laughing. I can see some people are being entertained. Maybe I can sort of take the audience to a better place than where they're at. But, you know, I I have a sort of expectation of myself and of the show where, you know, I want people to be dying to laugh. I want people, you know, I want it to kill. I want to have a, a good flow and just hit bit after bit after bit. And the thing is, that's what these longer shows give me. You know, I really... Uh, that's what I'm realizing is, you know, with uh, with these shorter mics, like, yeah, I, I learned to sort of chop things up very, very small and, uh, you know, present it in a very, uh, you know, digestible, quick paced manner. It's like candy, you know, just candy. Just hear some candy. You know, it's easy to, uh, you know, easy to eat, you know, tasty, sweet, not a lot of substance there. And sort of in my evolution now, I kind of want to... Uh, you know, grow a little bit more, you know, I want to do something that's a little more meaty, a little less candy, you know, by the way, I still like candy, you know, candy is sweet, you know, everyone likes candy, but, uh, you know, if I really want to um, do th something like this for myself, you know, if I really want to sort of be, I don't know if it's true to myself or true to the art form or maybe just true to the evolution of me as a performer, I really want to be able to do sort of longer stuff that has sort of jokes all throughout it, but also has a nice you know, fat punchline at the end. I know everyone says that. Man, I, uh, you know, it's funny. I, uh, I have my notebook here and I write jokes in it. And, uh, I realize I, I've, I've forgotten some of the stuff I've, uh, you know, some of these stories, uh, that my dad told me, like, uh, something about when he was a little kid, my dad told me some babies were born like black or very dark skinned 
So uh, he apparently he knew this Asian couple that divorced. That's the quickest divorce I've ever seen. I've never seen divorce court go shorter than six months, but apparently this guy did it after the birth of his baby. And uh, apparently this guy runs into this woman he used to know again at a uh, at the sort of whatever birthing center at a hospital and uh, give birth uh, to a baby who looks Asian and then sitting next to her apparently is another Asian baby so and that uh, the whole story is that uh, you know sometimes babies are born very dark and then turn Asian over time I suppose I'm not really sure what the lesson was I'm not even sure my dad knew it's funny your parents tell you like oh you know once you're older you'll understand once you're older you'll understand sometimes I get older I still don't understand I still don't get it or what happens is oh I do understand I know why you said that you said that because you're mentally ill you don't know what's going on you're not right in the head you have an undiagnosed mental illness that causes you to act this way why that's why now I know why you just sort of say stuff and just kind of roll with it and because I'm a child I really don't know you just sort of keep it going you know god how oh my god it took me over 25 years to develop independent thought isn't that crazy you know that's that's something like uh, I've noticed these days with kids you know they don't take like I don't know when I was a kid I guess I just took everything an adult said as like, you know, the gospel truth. I just took them at their word. Now I realized a lot of that stuff was just, it was fake. It was nothing. They were just blatant lies or worse, you know? And a lot of kids these days, I realize, especially little kids, I guess with the internet at their disposal, they're like, that's not true. There's a lot of, what, debunking shows now, I guess. Uh, Adam ruins everything, that sort of sto show that goes deep into that. And I guess that sort of puts the seed in their mind that you know what people say stuff it's not real a lot of these adults talk but they're they don't know what they're saying you know they haven't done the the deep research and and how is this research even sourced anyway i don't know you know people are just saying are just reading the abstract and that's it and no one actually goes and sort of analyzes the data you know on their own and but but you know who has the time to do all that stuff anyway you know what a waste ah oh, man you know, it's funny, uh, in that uh, WTF with Jerry Seinfeld, they said one of the key elements to comedy is uh, is to be somewhere along the spectrum of anger. You either have to have some sort of aggression, some sort of confrontational aspect of you. I'm not sure I have that. I, I'm not a big fan of confrontation, but I will say after doing stand-up, I, I am more free with how I speak in public because I just kind of know what you can get away with. There's a lot of people who are just, you know, complete dicks in public, and uh, just no one does anything. You know, most people are just like, I don't want to deal with this. Uh, this is stupid. This is dumb. You know, I'm not going to waste my time. I was watching that show, Impractical Jokers. Man, sometimes they can be like, uh, you know, it's all sort of fun and in jest and, uh, you know, just have a good time, but... You know, if I ever saw a person doing that, not sort of in a in a funny way, but actually like authentic, authentically, genuinely, you know, like they did this prank where um, it's not even really a prank. It's just like a, they, um, you know, they dare one of their buddies to like, hey, man, uh, pull up a chair next to this buffet and just eat off the buffet line. Um, and the, th the thing is about some prank shows is like, I don't know, I guess sort of YouTube prank channels have sort of 
destroyed what prank comedy could be for me because what happens is uh you know it's like some guy yelling on the street or some guy you know they do a whole skit or a play of some kind in like a store and they knock a bunch of stuff down and they leave you know or they're just like there's a difference between actually like pulling a funny prank on someone versus just making like a general ruckus and just uh, a bunch of annoyance for people and you're just recording their reactions to sort of this like annoying stupid thing that some you know socially ambivalent guy apparently doesn't realize he's doing like in impractical jokers they do this it's this quote-unquote prank where they're like hey man uh pull a yeah pull a chair up to the buffet and just eat off the buffet line you know kind of funny strange you know people are like what does this guy not really this is a buffet do you not you have a table man and you know it's 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 funny but it's and uh but, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't get hurtful. You know, no one's being hurt. You know, he's not sort of, you know, smashing all the food down with his hands or anything stupid like that, right? You know, it's like, uh, uh, it's just like, it's just people that are like, this is kind of slightly awkward, a little weird. You know, a couple guys walk up to him. They're like, you know, man, we got, there's tables. You know, you, you, you're supposed to sit at the table. You're not supposed to, you know, pull up your chair up to the, like, that's not how this, this thing really works. And, you know, he sticks it out for a few minutes before he, you know, goes back to the table, right? And you kind of see people's reactions and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's innocent, you know, there's not, no one's getting hurt, you know, it's, it's really no big ruckus. It's, it's not stopping the operations, you know, it's not making a big mess that someone has to clean up. It's just, you know, sort of like a, sort of a, a little, you know, weird and strange, but ultimately just very light and, uh, you know, like I said, innocent prank. Like if more prank shows were like that, that'd be nice. That'd be more fun. I mean, there was, <laughs> there was this one uh, uh, episode of Impractical Jokers where one of the guys, I think his name is Joe, he has to, uh, he goes to this baseball uh, game not game, uh, sort of baseball training practice. And they have a bunch of kids there and a lot of, you know, the, the athletes are signing balls for the kids and tossing them. And, uh, he's basically his whole, uh, job is to just like be a dick to people that day, just to like take the ball, you know, he'll be like, Hey man, bid me a ball. And the guy will be like, uh, this ball's for the kid, man. Uh, you know what the kid have it. And then the athlete tosses the ball and, of course, the little kid's like 10, and this is a full-grown man, so he'll just reach his hand up and grab it. And, of course, the adults are like, hey, man, you going to let that that guy do that? And the athlete's like, oh, hey, man, I toss it up, you know. I'm just kind of tossing, you know, it's not whatever, man. You know, that the athlete doesn't care. You know, and the adult's are like, oh, my God. And then, you know, I want to get a ball for my kid, and then this, this you know, idiot, this, you know, just this, you know, piece of garbage here just coming in stealing all these balls from the kids you know all these parents you know they I think there was only one parent who actually like went up to him and talked to him some guys tried to sort of pull him back but they realized like dude I can't what am I gonna get a fight for this what am I gonna you know I, I, I can't physically stop this man you know that's that's I, I think illegal actually to you know prevent someone from leaving you know, actually sort of physically apprehend them and they sort of realize that and they're like I'm not gonna you know possibly get you know in trouble with the law here and it's, it's a lot of the dad sort of like you know grabbed on his shirt and stuff maybe held it there but you know he kind of easily breaks free and goes for it and the the dad's like yeah god yeah this guy fuck, yeah, he's this son of a you know but it was the mom this mom holding a baby who 
you know, he takes a baby, says, I can give her a ball. You know, I know the guy. And the mom's like, oh, okay, yeah, she, that'd be very nice. And <laughs> just hands her baby to this guy she doesn't know. Uh, you know, gets the ball, and then he hands the baby back to uh, the woman and says, thank you. And then with the ball in the other hand, he just runs away. And the ba- and she goes, like, chasing after him through the aisles, up and down, up and down. And she says, give me that ball. You give me that ball. What you did is wrong. It's wrong. And her husband's like, come on, this guy, you know, he's a, let's not, this is supposed to be a nice day at the park. Let's not have this guy ruin it, all right? <laughs> Dude and his buddies are like, no, make fun of her. Not not make fun of her, but like the only thing I'm sorry about is I'm sorry I didn't grab that ball. And as he <laughs> runs away, you know, and uh, <laughs> God, man, that's a thanks again to Muhammad for turning me on to that show. Uh, Impractical Jokers. You know, I didn't think I'd like prank shows. You know, I thought I sort of saw, you know, my. Uh, you know what I thought prank shows were but Impractical Jokers they at least do it in a very light fun way and you can sort of see they have like rules about things like they're not they're not going to say anything racist to anybody you know they're not going to like well actually they actually do physically assault people and one in one episode they ask one of the guys Murr to like bite people on the arm which is like crazy like you can't that's like physical assault you know you can't just like walk up to someone and bite their arm like that's like, that's, like, that man now is a, you know, he can, I'm sure it's a very gentle bite and it's not painful, but, you know, that man, like, I don't know, yeah, I don't know what kind of diseases is in your saliva. You just, you know, physically bit me. You attacked me, and I have the right to defend myself, so this, you know, Murr always goes for it, but, man, you know, there are some times where it's like, dude, you could, uh, you could seriously get hurt, you know, if if uh, if you really go for this, man, you could someone could uh, file a claim against you. You know, if there was a police officer there, they would have enough reason to arrest you. That's <laughs> that definitely fulfills the obligation of reasonable suspicion. When uh, I see uh, someone actively being assaulted by another man, that uh, you can be arrested, unprovoked too, just walking up to a guy, biting him on the arm. But, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's ultimately, yeah, it's a, it's a sort of a, yeah, it's, it's, it's a prank. So it, it gets, you know, a little towards the edge, but it's all sort of done very innocently and nicely. And, and you can sort of tell they have some rules about it. You know, I've never seen the show before, but you know, it's, uh, it's one of those shows where it's like, dude, I can actually, the funny thing is since it's, it's pranks, right? So it's, it's very episodic. So you can kind of jump in and jump out, you know, whenever, you know, it's not like, the walking dead where you have to see all 100 episodes before you can just jump into the season jump out oh man yeah one of my buddies eric he was showing me this uk show uh sort of designed like whose line is it anyway but it's sort of like three people on a panel and they uh they'll do like news of the day where they'll try to guess the day's top top uh like top three topics and kind of riff on it like is it the weather it's uh it's very snowy here in england Oh, you know, those Northern Irish don't know how to drive. <laughs> I'm not sure what kind of uh, 1920s racism I uh, I just pulled out of my hat for that. Speaking of 1920s racism, I took the uh, sa- uh, sensitivity training for work. And uh, man, I don't know what kind of uh, company these people work for, but apparently uh, one guy one guy was talking to his IT department and he's like, hey man, 
you need to uh, help me with my work laptop. And he's like, really? What's the problem? And he's like, I have a bunch of malware. And the guy's like, huh, how'd you get that? And he's like, well, I downloaded a bunch of porn. The IT guy's like, that's the third time this month. And I was like, what kind of... Com- <laughs> And it's not just a third time each month, this month. It was like, I've had to do go to your desk three times a month and look at that stuff to, you know, clean out your history, man. You know, this is, this is getting a little out of hand. And I'm like, what kind of company is letting, who, like, apparently this company doesn't even have filters? What kind of company is allowing some guy to look at porn three times a month on his company laptop during work hours, you know, and just doesn't have a problem with it? Like, you know, like it's, I feel like it almost doesn't need to be said. Like, hey, this work laptop is for work. You know, maybe you can check the weather, check a little bit of local news, but that's it. All right. This is for work. You're not going to, you know, yep. We give you money by your own personal computer if you want to do that, but not on the work laptop. Work only. (laughs) And then, God, there was uh, something about, uh, you know, like racial sensitivity, right? Like some guys, like, hey, look at this here, Pollock, and uh, like, I was like, a Pollock? What kind of, what kind of, what are we racist against Polish people? I, 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 I didn't know uh, Polish racism was even a thing. And they're like, yeah, his skin's real pale, ain't he? And I was like, my God, did I travel back in time to you know the 1880s? What kind of, I, <laughs> no one's racist towards Poles anymore. What, what is? What is this? I guess I guess that feel they uh that's the only sort of safe one they can sort of go after and still do a skit about without it sort of, you know Alright, this guy said the N word a bunch of times. Hey <laughs> Like no one wants to put that out there like that you know, your own you'll need sensitivity just for the sensitivity training after that. Like, dang, that guy really you know they uh they really went after it. Wow. Oh man. Yeah, so much sensitivity training these days. You know, and it, the funny thing is it, it just scares me, man, when I do that sensitivity training stuff, you know. Because I like to joke around. I like to have a good time, you know, with my, uh, you know, coworkers. And I joke around, you know, to be honest, I joke around very little, you know, when I'm at work. It's when I'm off of work that I'm a little more jokey. I'm a little more loose when I'm hanging out with them in a more personal setting. You know, I'll talk and I'll joke about stuff, but I'm always scared about you know, hey, Dallas, you know, in a personal moment told me this. And I was like, oh, come on. I was outside of work. You know, don't, don't, don't get me fired now. <laughs> you stupid whore. You, <laughs> who said that? Ugh. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. This comes another day late. I'm going to get better at uh, being timely on this uh Anyway, guys, I've uh, this has been a little more than 30 minutes. This has been another episode of the Space for Dallas podcast. Thanks again for listening, guys. This is Dallas.